0: Welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast, my name's Dan, I'm here as always with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and for the 50th time, we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Poor, poor you, 50 weeks of editing and trying to corral me, you poor, yeah. poor man. I think I, I think I worked it out as about six and a quarter days of editing that, uh, that, that comes out to 50 episodes, but uh, <laughs> you know, give or take. That's an awful lot of listening to me
1: drone <laughs> on about the Bengals' lineman play and how much I hate quarterbacks.
0: I know, absolutely. Uh, well, on this uh, on this week's episode, we'll be taking a look at the start of another preseason uh, with G, who's been closely following some of the action. Uh, we'll also be talking player safety and finishing off our 2017 preview by looking at the AFC East and West. First off, how on earth did we make it to 50 episodes, G? Um, uh,
1: patience on your part. Um, you know, I've been writing, so been, you're the poor so and so who has to put this all together and edit and find. <laughs> music and you know remove ums and then go nah we'll make it sound natural and all that fun stuff
0: yeah out of necessity of me not going mad more than anything um, <laughs> right well that's interesting Inter- interesting is probably the, i would imagine the, the the word that's been said the most over over 50 episodes
1: i'm aware of it as a crutch and i try and use it you know try to avoid it as much as possible but you know equally you don't want to sound like a thesaurus as you're
0: well, let's start with an interesting topic. Um, something which is uh, becoming a growing concern within the sport is concussion, uh, and more specifically, the effects that concussion has on a player. Uh, the NFL is, is clearly one of the sports where its stars are more susceptible to picking up concussions than, than some others. Uh, so it's only right that they obviously pay particular attention to them. We want to have a bit of a uh, closer look at how often concussions are happening, what's being done to prevent them, and that kind of thing. So, where uh, you're, you, you're quite passionate about concussions, aren't you, G? You've got quite a, uh, a bit of a bit of a um, background in, in this kind of thing.
1: Well, I have my own personal history, which makes yes. it of particular relevance to me. Um, I, I have not had spectacular, spectacular concussions. That was my sister. But I did have one young, which we know is, is bad these days. I have one around 11, 12 when I fell off the horse. And I was kept in overnight. But, you know, remember coming around at the hospital and was sat there doing the same joke about, remind me not to do this again for about three <laughs> hours, which I'm sure freaked my Dad out massively, and then had to be you know checked every couple of hours to make sure I was okay overnight. Which trust me is not fun, and it's you sort of end up waking, waking up at like four in the morning. It's like yes, I'm fine. Will you just leave me alone? But you know, poor, poor nurses doing just doing their job. Yeah. And a couple of years later, um, I got my bell rung quite literally when some charming fellow, a couple of years older than me, um, laid me out. Believe it or not, outside of a of German class, <laughs> and so I, and that one I came came round a few minutes later. I don't remember, I can't remember how long into the class, but literally I woke up, I sort of came round to, I was walking, like, stumbling, but was not unconscious, but don't remember anything, and basically woke up in the middle of a German listening test, looked down at my paper, and was like, turned to my mate who was next to me and went, um, why haven't I written anything, and why don't I remember what's going on, and was (laughs) cut off to (laughs) see.
0: Well, the the reason this this kind of came up was our, uh, your, 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 Better half Rachel uh, post uh, tagged some tagged us in both in something on Facebook. Yeah, um, it was the BBC uh, story a couple of weeks ago about brain disease affecting 99 percent of, of NFL players in a study. I'll post a link to the uh, to, to, to the actual uh, the actual piece, but in, in short, basically they, they tested the brains of 202 deceased um, sports players, 111 of which were were former NFL players, um, and. 87% showed signs of damage Not it, in, in the NFL it was 99% so it was 110 out of 111 players uh, that showed that uh, showed, showed that damage and it's it's something that I suppose is is inevitable I suppose with how the game is played but it's something that I think the, the NFL are, are trying to lead the way in terms of how they deal with it aren't they?
1: They are and going back to what I was talking about there a little bit about those were two big concussions and then not a lot else happened until in my mid-twenties when I got Another one, and ended up with post-concussion syndrome. Yeah. The reason I mention all this is that that's one set of things. The problem with the NFL is not actually the spectacular concussions, although we worry and we want the players to be pulled out when a receiver sort of bangs his head and gets that whiplash that- that- action. But the real problem seems to be actually um, that. CTE which is this brain disease where they mm. see lesions on the brain and, and is what's being detected it seems to be caused by volume of what's known as sub-concussive hits so the idea is it's not so much the big concussions we won't worry about it's the Lyman banging heads so many times a day in practice yeah. from sort of very often wee football which is like you know beneath secondary school for us um all the way through high school, all the way through college, all the way through the NFL. And they've seen, they've seen actually this damage occur in brains where people have only played sort of like five years of football, couple of years of football. And there is a genetic component to it because there's guys who've had like 12 year NFL careers and have been fine. But it's these sub concussive hits that seem to be almost as dangerous as the big spectacular concussions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, something, like, like I say, the NFL is, is starting to try, try to do something about it. They, they put together, uh, the concussion protocol, uh, was, was brought in last season. Um, really where, where, where players are, if, they, if they're showing, if they have, take a big hit, if they're showing any signs whatsoever of, of, of there being a potential of concussion. They're taken out of the game. They're assessed and, and, and they, depending on, on how that goes, they may or may not have to, have to sit out at least a week of, uh, of football. Um, the problem with with the NFL, and I suppose with 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 all sports really, is the competitiveness. It's it's a real when you when you certainly when I was I only I can't say I played for long, but when I played for a season, um, it was you you were kind of taught if you go down if you hit and you, you and you go down, try and bounce back up again, straight back up again because it is then you're not showing a weakness to the other team, and it's that that I think probably is to the detriment of the of of the concussion protocol because. You get you do start to see these these close calls. People like like Matt Moore in the, uh, in, the in the play. I think was it in the, was it in the playoffs or the last game of the season. Can't remember for the Dolphins last year, where he took a huge hit, um, and they didn't they didn't pull him out because I think he said he was okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been one or two that we've seen, particularly quarterbacks, where they've been staggering around and we've quite clearly been going, hang on a minute, has the protocol really been yeah. being followed? I and mean, the problem we've got is two, twofold, because for a while the NFL were in complete denial and they were saying there wasn't mm. a problem and they, you yeah, know, yeah. they they were covering up for a while. They have been, in fairness, better over recent recent years and they are trying to do things. However, the, the sort of the concussion protocol is a work in progress. They have necessarily taken it out the team's Uh, uh, Hands And I think that's only fair because with competitive balance and players being Mm. who they are, they're always going to whirl on trying to play because you don't get to the NFL without being insanely competitive. So it needs to be a third-party independent doctor who has no skin in the game other than to make sure that the player is... You know, making the best decision for their long-term health and not what's going on for the team. However, that does kind of require um, the player to either report injuries or or the individual spotter to say, "Hang on a minute, that you know that quarterback is stumbling around. Let's get him out." And mm. it happened quicker than it has done in the past. I think it's heading in the right direction, and I think we've talked in the past about this and the fact that you know trying to assess it and improve the procedure is is what they were trying to do. But it, it's very much a watching brief for us at the moment. I would say.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, like you say they they have started to at least they have started to sit up and take notes and I think I think a lot of that was because they were hit quite heavily in the pocket. So they had a, a billion dollar settlement in 2015 for um, some former players with, with head trauma. So it's I think that has that has has, has kind of forced them to kind of sit up and, and take note and go, hang on a minute, we need to be doing something here.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the the retired players or a group of retired players brought um, a legal case. In fairness, it was not the best deal they possibly could have gotten because they had to make a deal to get the money now because the the group, you know, there were you know a significant percentage of those players who are already sort of you know dying and in trouble and yeah. needed that help now. And the other bit that you will see is is that there have been questions I've heard from some sources about whether the money that's been promised to research is actually going to that research, particularly if the NFL are trying to pick and choose who does it for them and. Not, Not just going, here's the money, you know, an independent council assigned to the best studies we can find. Yeah. I, I think it is heading in the right direction. I think heads up football, you know, is an effort to it. I think there is more of a momentum gain towards stopping tackle football until um high school, so sort of 14 years old, just because we know how bad um, concussions are and mm. the damage that can happen to a young brain whilst it's still developing. And that was sort of why I was highlighting those stories. Um, in a particularly long-winded way is they happened to me when I was like 10, 14 and then it wasn't until my late 20s when I finally stood up under a attic door and had the one concussion too many that gave me post-concussion syndrome for these guys if you're starting so young and you're a lineman and you're banging your head from sort of like eight you can see how easy it is that, that this thing gains momentum if it's a uh, if given that how sensitive a, a young person's brain is and that there are there is crossover to other sports and talk about you know when should we be allowing kids to head the ball in um our version of football
0: yeah yeah well that's that's it and, and it is it's interesting you say that because it is clearly it's not just the nfl that that suffers from this it's it's other sports as well and, and not only obviously that like that one example you use there is 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 the heading of of the football in 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 our football but also something i've not talked about on the, on the pod before i'm a big wrestling fan and it's 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 something that is yes they yeah, obviously they 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 it's it's quote-unquote fake but it's uh, in in terms of actually what they what they're doing, the hits they're taking, things like that. It's very real. You've got people like people like um, Google G- Chris Benoit. Um, I don't know if you know about anything about him, G. But he he was a, a wrestler who his his he, he took years of 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 banging to the head, and his his uh, his finishing move was a, a diving headbutt, which he, he would he would routinely do do very very often. He ended up with with such a bad uh, I think I think his his brain was analysed he he, he killed himself unfortunately when he was uh, I, I don't know how old he was he was he was I would say he think he was about late 30s um, unfortunately at the same time he killed his his wife and, and one of his uh, sons but he he had the his brain was they did some 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 tests on his brain he had the brain of an eighty year old, and there's there's other examples as well. There's somebody who's who's a couple of years ago had to had to retire. They 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 physically won't sign him off to uh, to to um to wrestle anymore because he had a he's had some some post concussion seizures and things like that. So it it isn't just um NFL that that it affects, and it's I think it's something that I think a lot of I think it's the, the wider. Arena of sport, I suppose, is having to. Having it's to address. not
1: just sport. In fairness, um, if you look at somewhere like the Concussion Legacy Foundation, where they, where their real focus is, is. Looking at this problem and what's going on with concussions, they are looking not only at athletics but also uh, military personnel. Mm. For yeah, sim- no, for absolutely. similar reasons for for what's going on. And you know, you've got someone like Chris Nowinski who's you know heavily involved with that and is now a PhD. And it it's anything that can cause blows to blows to the head. And you know, you're right. Wrestling is a very physical sport. Sport. You know, whether you consider it just entertainment rather than sport, there's no denying that there were a lot of blows in the head and a lot of extreme stuff that has been tail back these days and you look at some you know sports like rugby and and there are real problems in these other sports the difference I think is however that you don't have this repetitive headbanging Um, the only other thing that i came close to is having also done some kendo in my time which again requires lots of smacking to the head although in this case you're wearing you're wearing a helmet and there's it's a bamboo sword but it's a similar thing and that was sort of enough for me to finally be told no more contact sport so it's anything that's got that repetitive blows to the head i think it could be a candidate but we don't know enough which is why um we have these wider studies and somewhere like concussion legacy foundation is you know creating a brain bank where they're collecting as well as doing specific studies on nfl players and others they are collecting sort of brains of the general public public whether they're pro athletes or amateur athletes because they need the full range to do a full scientific study to know how it's happening in the wider community and that was one of the criticisms of the recent report they're saying you know it's a biased sample and we know that because we're looking at nfl brains not the brains of other people but at the end of the day you need as much information as you can get to do the science
0: yeah, absolutely. So, just quickly before we move on, where do we where do we think the future is going to go? I know I saw a um, uh, when I was I was doing a bit of research for this. I saw a uh, another thing uh, on the on the BBC website where a couple of years ago they were saying that they that some, or somebody was saying that they they thought the league could ban helmets one day. That obviously under the assumption that helmets give players a, a false sense of security. Do you think that's a good idea? Bad idea? How, how do you think that's? Do you think that could even happen?
1: I I think it's unlikely to happen. Not because because you remove one risk and remove another because yes if you take the helmet away you remove the chance of um you using your head for as a weapon and so Mm. um that might help with this particular problem and they've had similar things about removing the face mark the problem you've got is the reason they started wearing those kind of helmets in the first place is that they Mm. had you know nasty um fractures of the skull and people dying if you look at the leatherhead period of american football it was insanely dangerous I think they will continue to look at developing um, helmet safety and hopefully we will get better at detecting the forces um, applied to helmets, They're, they're increasingly looking into tracking so that they can see the load of what's going on so that they can say right you've just had too many, you can't play again that's something that you can take you know, use the information to take the decision out of the team's hands and and you know and not care about competitive balance. We're just preparing the teams. I do think that we will see a movement to move away from playing youth football um, with hitting. Whether that will take in Texas states, I don't know, and whether they develop a. Um, you know whether the state will have to step in and, and that can be tricky with American politics, but I think we will see less less sort of peewee football as they call it played, and they will keep making trying to make the game safer it, at the moment it doesn 't seem to have hit the n f l in terms of people 's preparedness to watch it and yeah. I think we've talked before about someone you know some of the valid reasons to play football and the things you learn, and you know we've heard coaches speak very well in the defense of football and learning team aspect and what it can do for young people, but we have to make it as safe as possible, and if that means not playing until the body is more fully developed, then i can't see any reason not to stop that, Don't run that
0: over here. okay so we've got two divisions to cover this week we're uh, we're Quickly winning out of time before the, uh, the the regular season starts, so we're going to uh, cover the AFC East. But first, the AFC West. So uh, last year, it finished. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs were top of that division at twelve and four. Oakland Raiders also on twelve and four came second. Uh, the Denver Broncos were third at nine and seven, and the San Diego Chargers were five and eleven at the foot of the division. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Then let's take a uh, bit of a uh, closer look at them. And the Chiefs went uh, one better than their previous season uh, with a twelve and four record. Uh, those four games that they did lose, only uh, three of them were only by a touchdown or less, which is uh, is pretty good. And even their divisional week loss was uh, just by two points to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they had a uh, a fairly good season uh, in terms of uh, of, of keeping uh, keeping games close at the very least. Um, they've lost the likes of Jamal Charles, uh, Jeremy Mocklin in this year, along with uh, everyone's favorite big man Dontari Poe. Um, do you think they're going to struggle this year to uh, to to, to do as well as they did last year? I don't know, because it's been a curious mix of an off-season for them. Uh, A lot of people
1: seem to think that the narrative surrounding the end of the last season was that Alex Smith has taken them as Mm. far as he can. But they seem to have exciting young talent and things were building nicely for that squad. And then we've had a mixture of short-term moves and long-term moves. So they gave up a lot of picks to move up and pick a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, which we believe will likely be Alex Smith's successor. But he's a raw talent and it was interesting that they gave up that much to get him given how competitive they were the previous season as you mentioned they debt Don Tare Pogo and so i feel like they're in a bit of a mixed place that said having seen them play the Bengals in the second week of preseason and and apologize for giving a little bit of a spoiler there first they look pretty <laughs> damn good it has to be said um there's some questions about the Bengals defense but but both Patrick Mahomes and Smith was able to move the ball against us and as much as um, I think there'll be still some discussion about Tariq Hill and his entry into the league and and, and his history of domestic violence as a player um, he's been undeniably effective and you would imagine that his capabilities has allowed them to make the decision to drop a player like Jeremy Macklin and I think that they will be competitive again I'm just not entirely sure to what degree
0: yeah, we well, mentioned Alex Smith and obviously uh, Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith's now 11 years into his career as an NFL quarterback. The Chiefs also did draft uh, Patrick Mahomes in round one this year. Do you think do you think they could, he could could actually provide some serious competition this year, or do you think that's a pick up for the future?
1: I still feel that this is a pick-up for the future, but that future might be next season. Um, and if Alex Smith struggles, then it could get quite interesting. But I just feel that Alex Smith is... I think he's an underrated quarterback. He's mm. not spectacular, but he doesn't lose you games because he doesn't turn the ball over. And he's actually surprisingly effective at running the ball. And I feel like he gets a hard time because of some of the struggles he had in San Francisco. But he's had he's had a pretty good career. You don't hang around... Eleven years in the league and continue to be a starter through not being any good.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. I think he's. I think you're absolutely right. I think he is a yeah, a bit a bit underrated.
1: Yeah, it does feel like that way. And Andy Reid is such a good coach in terms of not only keeping his team together, but on offense, you know, coaching a team to be competitive. That I think I think they will be good. I just. It, this is a very tough division and I think there's at least one team that um, may mm. push them further.
0: Yes, quite possibly we'll more on those in a second. Um, <laughs> the Raiders, uh, they, they picked up the Oakland Raiders, they uh, picked up their first winning season in over a decade. Believe it or not, the last time they were over 0. 0.500 was in 2002. And, um, three of the four losses that they got were in the individual games which obviously hurt them when it came to the postseason, season uh, as they had to go through wildcards rather than getting that week one by by winning the division uh, and they ended up losing to Houston in that, uh, that wildcard week what do you think of uh, what do you think 2017 holds for the Raiders do you think they can go two winning seasons in a row
1: I think they will do. Yes, I could, because the big reason that they, struck, they sort of stumbled into the end of the year, even though it wasn't that much of a stumble, but weren't competitive in the playoffs, was obviously they lost. And just give me a pause whilst I remind myself if it's Derek or David, because I always get confused about this one.
0: Derek Carr.
1: Thank you, because David Carr <laughs> was battered to death and out the league as <laughs> as a cure to bat for the Texans. Yes. But Derek Carr one of the things the Raiders did cleverly was apart from drafting was that they invested money enough in free agents to build a really effective um, offensive line and they run the ball okay but Derek Carr really came of age in his second season Mm. and I suspect that... um, He's back and looking pretty damn good to me in the preseason because I've got to see him as well this, uh, this year. And and yeah, I think that they will be competitive, and that the defense is, keeps developing. And I think they will. They're my pick. I would say for this division, it has to be said.
0: Mm. Uh, well, we've we've spoken in depth about the uh, large sums of money that they've thrown at Derek Carr uh, this year, uh, but they've also strengthened with uh, with some some targets for him as well in the form of uh, Jared Cook from the Packers, Cordell uh, Patterson from the uh, from the Vikings, and. Um, do you think we're going to see some big numbers from them this year?
1: Um, I think we will do. I think the Jared Cook pickup is more interesting than the than the Patterson pickup because yeah. Patterson was was available because he really struggled to pick up the offense, and so I think he'll give them some gadget plays, and I think he'll do some stuff in return. And I can sort of see why they tried it, but given. Given what happened with the Vikings, I'm not sure how much he'll help in the offense. What I do think will help, and it's interesting that you've missed him off the list, is the free agency pickup of Marshawn Lynch, which will give them oh, a yeah. very solid running option. Uh, and I think they'll have to respect the, the, the threat of Lynch, even if he's not necessarily the running back that was terrifying the league two seasons ago for the uh, Seahawks. Seahawks. He certainly looked okay in, in the limited slaps I've seen in the preseason. And I think that could have a big effect in possibly bringing safety down and opening up the passing game a bit for Car.
0: I forgot he was even there I completely forgot he was there um, the Denver Broncos went from uh, winning the Super Bowl in 2015 uh, to failing to make the playoffs in 2016 despite a uh, winning season it was their first year without Peyton Manning steering the ship uh, and magical Trevor Simeon uh, took that job instead with uh, a certain degree of success um, can they bounce back and get themselves back into the playoffs uh, contention this year do you think?
1: I think this will be a, a curious season for them because they seem to have made I don't feel like they've made lots of big moves and Simeon has just beaten out uh, first round draft pick in Paxton Lynch to be the starting QB again so that puts a a degree of limitation on what they're going to do this year they picked up if memory serves a young left tackle uh, in in the draft and they're hoping that he will help solidify an offensive line that's been distinctly troubled but they will need more offense to go with the really good defense that they've got um, to, to proceed in what is a very competitive division.
0: Yeah, um, well, like, like you say, obviously Travis Simeon's just just beaten out uh, Paxton Lynch. I think it was a couple of days ago they've announced that he's going to be under uh, centre come uh, come week one. Do you think that's another one that could could potentially go backwards and forwards during the season? Or do you think it's do you think Travis Simeon's got got what it takes to to kind of I heard that with it
1: wasn't that close. I'm not sure what Paxton Lynch has done wrong. I mean, he's he's a big arm talent, but we're not there. And this is the thing that we don't know and gets overblown in the media, is We don't know yeah. what's going on on the training ground and and how they're. Viewing his, you know, him running the team as opposed to Simeon in practice, but I, I suspect that Simeon will be the starter unless he really runs into problems. And in fairness, I think Simeon is competent. I think he's he's he's. He might not be in the top half of NFL starters, but I don't think no. he's going to lose you games. He, he, he lacks a bit of arm strength, but I, I do think that you know he'll be around the league for a while, and I think they will be in contention. It's just they need to do something about um, that offense and how that's going to turn around under a new head coach and, and sort of a return to a different offensive coordinator. I, I think we're going to have to wait till um, the we get into the regular season and start seeing teams actually playing with game plans to know uh, how they're going to go this season.
0: Yeah, um, we'll have a, have a look at the uh, the final team in this uh, in this division. and the Chargers, it was there. It was their last year in San Diego uh, last year, and they uh, they didn't exactly go out on a high. They finished on uh, five and eleven, and of course, this year will be the the LA Chargers. Um, one of few, the few highlights for them uh, last season was their first-round draft pick, Joey Bosa. Uh, despite pre-season issues with the team, um, where you know, his mum said he, he, she, uh, she wished they'd pulled, pulled an Eli Manning on draft day, referring to his uh, draft day trade to the Giants. Um, what do you think people of LA have got to look forward to with their uh, the first year this year with, uh, with the Chargers?
1: I think it's going to be uh, a fun experience seeing an NFL team that close in that small stadium. And if, if that's my answer, that might tell you what the problems might be for the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, um, They've already started having injuries, and that's really worries me. There seems to be a snake-bitten franchise that gets injured all the time. So they've got some great players. Um, Antonio Gates is an all-time great at tight end, and he's still going... I think he's one touchdown away from becoming the all-time leader uh, in touchdowns for tight ends. They have a second-year player in Hunter Henry who's, who had a good start to the year, um, or good start to his career last year, and so I think he's got a couple of good tight end options. And Philip Rivers is... <sighs> I'm not sure "underrated" is the right term because he's struggled because of the line that's put in front of him. But I yeah. feel like the Chargers haven't made them the most of having one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I'm sure I remembered last season talking to you about the time, time at times the only reason that the. Chargers' offense was functioning at all was because he was so is. good that he could get the ball out when the line was offering very little protection. Absolutely. Melvin Gordon is a you know a good running back who seemed to do much better in his second year. And with a diff- again, we've got a different coaching team in, in charge of the Chargers. And it sounds like they're going to be playing a bit more of a traditional offense, which helps him as a run style. He likes to run behind a fullback and and then from an eye formation or that kind of setup, so that might help him. And then yet yeah, Joey Bosa, who is you know a really destructive player. And a fun player, and so we'll have to see how that defense develops. But I, I'm just—it's so hard to feel confident that this team are going to turn it around, given the injuries that are already racking up in their recent history.
0: Yeah, well, you, you mentioned Philip Rivers. Um, he, he's getting on a little bit now, isn't he? he? He, he, still somehow made it to the Pro Bowl last year despite a uh, pretty poor line in front of him. But so how, how long can you can you see him going on for? I'm not sure because he's
1: because of that offensive line he's not exactly a player who's, who's not taking a lot of hits no, you he's, what he's, I mean. had his, he's had his fair share he's had hits. to stand in, stand in there and deliver and it's not like Tom Brady where he feels like he's going to get sound and sacked and sort of you know lies down and gets tagged a bit like um, Peyton Manning <laughs> used to do and so that's got to add up I mean I th- you know, he's 35 I think he can probably squeeze another season or two out It'll, it really depends on how his body feels but we've got to be coming towards the end of his
0: career i think so i would say so go on then uh, so a yeah let's put an order on it who do you think is going to win the uh, the afc west this year
1: i think the raiders are going to do it with some kind of competition between i think raiders chiefs broncos chargers and i know i'm going to get grief from my my friend uh <laughs> my friend chris who's um, moved over to the states and has become a broncos fan but just that offence worries
0: me yeah I, I absolutely agree on that order I think uh, yeah I think, I think I don't think there's going to be any uh, any real challenge from the Chargers or, or really the Broncos but it's a, it's a, it's a competitive division so we have to say I can, we'll I can say.
1: see a world where the Chiefs might get overtaken by the Broncos if things go particularly well but I, I, I still think Oakland will come up top and Chargers will come down the bottom
0: yeah the ball is it's a so it may not be the uh, most interesting football you'll watch all year, but uh, luckily for you, G's on hand to tell you how it's going so far. The preseason is back, uh, G. You've been watching the uh, the Bengals, the Bucks, the Rams so far in preseason. Um, what do you think of those uh, three teams in particular?
1: So I, in 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 sort of stages, the Bengals are worried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right,
1: the Bucks. I'm enjoying. Um, I, they're a team that a lot of people fancy to make a step up, and there's yeah. been some positive signs and some worrying signs for them to, doing that. But I've been thoroughly enjoying Hard Knocks. Uh, seem to have gone back to the big personalities, and, and there's been some interesting characters going on there, and I think they're mm. doing well. The Rams, the Rams are interesting. I wanted to watch um, the Rams because I was interested to see what McVeigh would do with the offense that we saw struggle so much, and having followed, you know, watched the All or Nothing, all I was nothing. curious to yeah. see how they round. I like what he did with Wade Phillips, and I think we've talked about that before. But as you know, one of the youngest head coaches, and he's like thirty-one. It feels like makes me feel like I've done nothing with my life. Yeah, he's like uh, a
0: month a month older than me.
1: But I really like that he hired Wade Phillips. Uh, you know, uh, such an experienced defensive coordinator, who's really, really good, who's been a head coach, who, and, and by all accounts, has has been willing to listen to him and engage with him. And I think that bodes well. The defense has looked good in stages and is playing without Aaron Donald, so we'll see how that comes together. And believe it or not, I've sourced a little bit of life in that
0: offense in the last game. Wow, that's a big statement I've given last year.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of worry about you know, whether Goff is, you know, is actually a franchise quarterback or not. And you can understand that given what they gave up to pick him. Yeah, I'm not predicting amazing things. And they've done it in a slightly interesting way because they've given out some interesting contracts and swapped some players and they've traded for Sammy Watkins and I can understand why they've signed Andrew Whitworth to the deal he did, but they'll need a long-time solution. But I think mm. what they're trying to do is find out if Goff can be the quarterback and so they've made some short-term moves before building long-term around him. But he seems to be developing a relationship with Cooper Cup, who's caught um, a number of balls this season. And yeah... Th- there, there were definitely stretches in, in the um, second half of the second game where you actually got to see the, the starting team for, an, for a bit more of an extended period to, to that, you know, all might not be, certainly it won't be as dreadful as last year, I don't think
0: yeah well it's always interesting to watch uh, watch the, the games um, of the teams followed by, by Hard Knocks who, who this year is the Bucks uh, and you are obviously watching that um, there's some some big characters on like you, you mentioned there are some very big characters uh, I love Gerald set. McCoy yeah he's he is great isn't he Gerald McCoy um, James Winston's a really nice guy as well so yeah really, I've been really, really nice impressed guy.
1: with him really impressed with him and I've covered I mean, I don't want to de- delay the podcast much. Yeah. So you can go, re- go read the blog but yeah those two I've been very impressed with a lot of them yeah they've both been impressive in different ways
0: brent grimes and his very sweary wife uh, <laughs> yes um, obviously the uh, if you haven't seen it already tampa base kicker um roberto aguayo was cut uh, after week one he's, he's now obviously joined the uh joined the bears i think it is um, yeah,
1: and i believe missed his first field goal for them oh did he oh
0: dear um, do, you think, do you think that was a fair cut
1: i can understand it and i feel like it's re- i feel really sorry for this guy and i uh, it's no secret, I don't think, but I'll restate it anyway that I think both you and I are really hoping for players to succeed. We want more good players. Absolutely. We want more good football. Uh, basically, unless for you it's the Patriots and me the Steelers, you know, <laughs> you know we want a player to do well. You know, just Absolutely. not against yeah, us. Um, and. I think the problem is that he was picked so high. Round two is a ridiculously high round for a kicker to for be kicker, picked, yeah. and I think it's just gotten his head a little bit because he was an incredibly accurate, if not the most accurate kicker of all time in college. It was, you know, he was he was a name coming out. But I think that pressure of being a high round kick and then just missing the first one, and I have no skills to judge a kicker in terms of you know special teams. I you know I watch. I do watch coaching tape you know it's not like i watch a lot of coaching tape on special teams unless uh-huh. there's been a trick play so you know we'll need someone qualified to name him as a kicker but i do i'm hoping for a success but i can understand why they did it because you can't you need you just couldn't rely on him and that is the big thing in the nfl mm. you know they always talk about the big the greatest you know skill is, is availability but you know they want somebody who can do their job, and they just couldn't rely on him to do his job. The interesting thing is that neither could the man who beat him out, and he missed a um, he hit hit the um, crossbar on the extra point and missed a field goal this week. So you know it might not be the end of kicking changes for the Bucks.
0: No, I think you're probably right there. And um, just very quickly before we, yeah, we move on, who are you going to be watching over the next couple of weeks? Same teams, or are you? You're uh, I'll be sticking a bit? to the
1: same teams, but the big thing I would recommend for anybody is that game three is like the dressed rehearsal. There'll be some game mm. planning going on. Most teams will rest all their starters on game four so if you're going to watch games attack game three and watch lots if you know if you'd rather watch game, game sort of game three older type games than week four when it comes around that would not be a bad decision because that's where you're going to learn the most because that's where the starters are going to play most
0: top tip and for more, more uh more like that if you want to hear more from g and what he thinks of preseason so far you can go over to the blog and check it out at the WrongFootball.com. are you ready for some football Okay, the final division we're going to have a look at uh, this season before we get into the, uh, the 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 full full season in a couple of weeks' time uh, is the AFC East, uh, and let's uh, have a look at how it finished last year. It was the New England Patriots at the top, but fourteen and two, surprise, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Miami Dolphins finished second on ten and six. That probably was more of a surprise. Uh, the Buffalo Bills seven and nine, and at the foot of the table was the uh, New York Jets at five and eleven. Uh, so the Last year, the, the Patriots were the Super Bowl champions uh, in what was an amazing Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. They've dominated this division for, for years, and since 2003, they've only failed to win the division once in 2008 when uh, <clears throat> the Dolphins took over. Wasn't um, that the
1: year that Brady was injured and they still won like 10 yes, or 11 games and yes, just it missed was. The playoffs?
0: Stop, stop caveating our, our, our win of the division. I
1: wasn't, mate. I was just trying to highlight <laughs> the competence of of the Patriots, but I'll be nice to the Dolphins in a bit, I promise.
0: Thank you. Uh what is it? To, uh, what is? I don't know what there, uh, more there is to say about the Patriots franchise that hasn't already been said. They're uh, they're not far off the uh, the complete package, are they?
1: No, they really aren't. I mean, the biggest worry that I've heard people talk about so far is the fact that their third round um, pick on the defensive line has just picked up an injury and I think might be done for the season. Seriously, oh,
0: I back- wish that was. I wish that was our uh, worst. Uh, Yeah, yeah. and they're a bit worried about about. the
1: pass rush for a defence that doesn't really rely on a pass rush, particularly from the defensive line and has one of the greatest defensive coaches in the history of football. So, yeah, (sighs) they look to have stocked up with a lot of receiving options for Tom Brady this off-season. It's the first year it feels like they've been maybe tailoring their off season around maximising Brady's um time left in the league. Traditionally they seem to have just shipped players out and, and been quite happy, but they've been quite aggressive in acquiring talent not through the draft but established stars, which I'm I'm thinking is is to maximize yeah. however many years that, that Brady's got left. And, you know, I know we're talking about him or he's talking about him playing to forty five, but there can't be long, but he's still playing so well and yeah, I think it's gonna be <sighs> I was hopeful that a couple of teams would make things interesting in division, but we'll come to why that might not be the case um, shortly. I would imagine.
0: <laughs> uh, well, they're going to they're gonna have Rex Burkhead uh, taking handoffs at running back this year uh, after signing in from Cincinnati to replace uh, Garrett Blount. Um, as somebody who who probably watched Rex Burkhead a lot more than uh, than than most, how do you uh, how do you think he'll, he's going to do at the, uh, the uh, Patriots?
1: But Burkhead is a really good player. He plays a lot of special teams well, but he can catch the ball. He can actually operate out of the slot, and I, he's a kind of player that I think will, fit, if he can get his head around the scheme, will fit their versatility very, very well. He's not a replacement for Blount because Blount is very much like a big power aggressive back, and I think they'll be doing it by committee. But mm. I would not be surprised at all to see him put up some decent numbers. As ever, it'll change week to week because the game plan changes week to week. But he's you can, I or at least I can totally see why he would fit. The um, Patriots' offense and the multi-skilled players that they like to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as a uh, as a uh, as a as a non-Patriots fan, as somebody who doesn't like the Patriots very much, can I just uh, say to EA, please stop making the Patriots the, uh, the, the 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 front of every Madden that comes out. It's doing my <laughs> head in. <laughs> it's Tom Brady this year. as Rob Gronkowski last year pack it in
1: yeah <laughs> the problem is that they will counter argue with that's probably the greatest tight end to play the game at least if, yeah. he, if he keeps it up and you know arguably the best quarterback and they've just won this one, two Super Bowls well,
0: stick a JGI in or something in the middle <laughs> I don't know um, <laughs> Speaking of which, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami was... Dolphins,
1: Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, number one. But anyway. especially for you, Dan.
0: Thanks very much, mate. I really, really, appreciate that. Last year was the uh, the first year of Adam GaSe uh, in charge, uh, and other, other than a uh, a pretty poor start, if you uh, remember, I declared the the season dead and buried after week five. I do.
1: You played the funeral march and everything. Uh,
0: I did. We were sitting at one and four, and it, it looked pretty pretty terrible. But uh, for the rest of the season, we actually we actually looked not too bad. Um, it was Dolphins' first trip to the playoffs since two thousand and eight, and just like then they lost in wildcard week but this time it was to the uh, to the Steelers um, I suppose the big talking point in Miami uh, certainly for me has been this Jay, Jay Cutler and Ryan Tannehill Jay Cutler's obviously uh, the big change this year has been enforced upon the Dolphins after Ryan Tannehill's knee gave way uh, during training camp we now know that Tannehill is gone for the season that's 17 and dollars we'll never see again um, <laughs> how, how do you think he's, uh, Jay Cutler's going to do?
1: I'm worried about Jay Cutler but here's the thing The reason I think you should have hope, not necessarily for this season, but for going forward, is that Gase impressed me last year. He pulled together a team that didn't get off to a good start. There were some problems. He benched Ajayi and dealt with him in a manner that meant that he came on really strong in the end of the season. He has a good history with quarterbacks and there is a lot to be hopeful about him. Um, Vance Mm. Joseph wasn't exactly doing a great job at um, defensive coordinator last season. So it would be interesting to see if the defence plays better this year. Uh, They've obviously been working that position over. The front office still worries me and there's some questionable decisions and I'll be curious to see if there are any that jump out at you. I have faith in Gase and his ability to pull things together but um, he got the best season out of Jay Cutler that he's done and he'll need to pull something like that out again to keep you competitive and and working towards the playoffs this year.
0: I think that's the positive for me is that that Gase has worked with Cutler before and, and did bring the best out of him. So while he doesn't fill me with confidence... I think that is a that's the that's the thing that's keeping me kind of positive, I suppose, about the season and how it might go for the Dolphins.
1: I, I think long term you should be positive. I think you could blip the season, but I, I think when I say blip, I think that you might miss out on the playoffs, but I don't think you're going to be dreadful. And bearing in mind what's going on in the other division, you could welcome second again and be fighting for the playoffs, because if you think you've got problems, let, we'll talk about the Bills and the Jets
0: in a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we've, I, I would, I would personally say we've got the, uh, the second, that second place in the bag. Um, would you like
1: oh, to continue God, the I'll... theme of discussing Bengals players signed by AFC East teams?
0: Uh, why not yeah go for because it because
1: you've just picked up Ray Malaluga and um, I don't know I think there might have been an injury to one of your other linebackers but you clearly want like a thumping run stopping middle linebacker and yeah. he lacks a bit of range and he's not that mobile but if you want somebody to meet somebody in the A-gap and hit them hard Ray Malaluga is very good and he will help your run defence
0: we have, we have lost a few we've, we've lost uh, Kamehsi, uh Kiko Alonso both, uh, both injured. I don't know. I can't remember how, how badly either. Of those don't are, ask him that... to
1: cover a tight end. But if you want a, a um, running back thumped in the hole, then believe me, that running back will stay
0: thumped. <laughs> Fair enough. That's uh, yeah. Good, good terminology. Um, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> well, we move on? Did you
1: hear? Do you remember um, our Greg Williams in All or Nothing? We made it simple enough for you linebackers: see ball, hit ball, get ball.
0: <laughs> it's, it kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? It does. Uh,
1: linebackers are a simple breed. <laughs>
0: Buffalo Bills. Uh despite a couple of uh of patches of uh, of good form the Buffalo Bills really struggled to keep pace with the Dolphins and the Patriots and ended up uh, finishing the season in third position just short of a 0. 0.500 season. Uh Shady McCoy was in the uh, second year in his second year with the Bills and uh, really kind of found his stride registered his uh, his fifth 1000 000- Plus yard season of his of his career, and um, looking ahead to this year, I think you've kind of given us a uh, a bit of a indication on how you think they might do. Uh, but how do you uh, do you think they're going to be relying so heavily on that on that running game again, or do you think Tyra Taylor's arms going to get a bit more of a workout this year?
1: I quite like Tyrone Taylor as a quarterback. I'm not saying he's amazing, but I think he's better than people give him credit. I think the problem you've got with the Bills is that they've got a new coaching staff and a new GM, and they they look to be overhauling, and it's not quite a 2016 Browns blow-it-up tanking rebuild, but mm. they've just traded Sammy Watkins, they've just traded a cornerback, um, and it just feels like they know that this is going to not be a quick job. Um, yeah. Obviously, Deshaun McCoy is a great player, Tyrod Taylor is 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 a good quarterback but you you could almost see him maybe being traded to a team because they haven't committed to him yet, and and there are one or two teams that could do with a backup or an upgrade, or and you know he might be interesting for someone like say the Jaguars with with Bortles and and the problems that he's had in preseason. So I'm just it's not that I'm I'm down on the Bills at the moment because it just feels like there's going to be a bit of a rebuild. I think that there will be less chaos than there is, and when you have um, uh, Rex as your as your quarter, as your head coach, but. I'm just not too hopeful that things are going to turn around quickly this year. I think they might be finally going about it the right way. And actually, there was a really interesting piece about the Bills owner and, and his wife, who's very involved in the team. And, and that makes you think if they can get it together, because they've been doing quite well on the business side and keeping things in Buffalo. But, mm. you know, it can take time for owners to learn how to navigate football as well. So we'll have to give the new GM and head coach a chance. But yeah, I just don't
0: feel like this season is going to be the season. No, do you think, still think they're they're a little little way off from uh, from from really being a, a competitive team? I'll know more when I've had a chance to see
1: them. But yeah, put it this way: I don't expect them to be troubling the top two this season. I could be wrong; they could really turn it round. And there's there's some there really are some quality players on there, and they've got some players. I'm trying to remember, but if you remember, they picked a middle linebacker who immediately was lost for the year because mm. the, the injury that was worried about the draft turned out to be true, but. There's there's not, apart from Sean McCoy and Tyrod Taylor and a few players on defense there 's not a lot to ha- hang your hat on with this team, or at least it feels like like that to me. Uh, you might know better watching them twice a year with the, with the dolphins, <laughs> so you might have a better handle on it, but to me, uh, it feels like there 's a bit of work to do with this squad th-
0: there definitely is some some work to do, and I think that they, they weren't they weren 't bad last year, but I think they just they just really struggled with form they couldn 't really keep uh, keep keep up with, uh, with with the teams around them, unfortunately for them but uh, you know, it was. It's. Uh, I. I personally don't think they're gonna. They're gonna be particularly competitive this year. But what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? Uh, speaking of not being particularly successful this year, New York Jets. Uh, green, <laughs> green half of New York uh, didn't have a particularly good year last year. They uh, between struggles at the quarterback position between uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Geno Smith, and a general lack of ability to put points on the board. Not helped by a, a very leaky defense as well. Um, the Jets didn't really get going in 2016. Um, I don't know about you, but I I I think they're in for a similar similar kind of year next, next year. Not least with uh, with the fact that they've got rid of both last year's starting quarterbacks uh, and not really replaced them with 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 much. To be perfectly honest, what what do you think?
1: We sort of remember the whole twenty sixteen Browns tanker mm-hmm. It feels like the twenty sixteen Jets over twenty seventeen Jets are heading for for that just from One the 15. moves they made. Yeah. I'm not sure if it'll be one of fifteen, but you know, there are a <laughs> lot of people that are, are, are sort of predicting a green apocalypse, and and, and it feels like that. Um, they've taken the offensive, uh, the offensive part, and even the good receiver they had left, like Quincy and has gone out injured. Yeah, they have a strong defensive, like they have players there, but otherwise, it it feels it feels like a a big transition. Um, it's interesting i think two bowls almost did too well in his first year they went all in and, and sort of paid a lot of money to players and, and sort of went in to be competitive and then that team got old very quickly and you know we saw various players falling off a, 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 and leaving mm. and you know it it was so strange to watch um that defense with with um revis struggling at cornerback and just you know, number one receiver after number one receiver just sailing past him. Okay, he's he's dropped now, but uh, yeah, it feels like this could be a very long season for Jets fan, a, a, a team that has been used to long seasons in the recent past.
0: Yeah, um, were you were you a bit surprised that Todd Bowles, the Jets head coach, kept his job this year? I've I've, I've personally seen a lot relieved from their duties for a lot better seasons than that than they had.
1: <sighs> I think I don't know because I wonder if the um, GM and what was going on there saved him because they saw what was going on and and he's a a good defensive coach whether he's a good offensive coach I don't know but I feel like they were given benefit for doubt because of the way that certain players fell off
0: Hmm. Well, who do you think? Uh, who is going to win the the AFC this year? Then wrapping uh, wrapping up our uh, our previews.
1: I'm very sorry, but this is going to be the easiest be the easiest easiest one with the Dolphins losing their um, starting quarterback. With yeah. the, the, the the state, the Bills and Jets, it can only be the Patriots, can't it?
0: It can. I think it's going to be the same again. I think Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets for me. Yeah, I think so.
1: I felt that one way up here.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you like what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe and a review through whatever means you procure your podcasts. Uh, It really does help to get us into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with our final pod before the start of the regular season. And we'll be taking a uh, last look at the teams before the, uh, the results start to really count. Yes, and weekly podcasts, baby yeah absolutely in the meantime uh, check out the wrongfootball.com for uh, more from the mind of G and remember if you want to get in touch with us you can either drop us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at TWF Dan thanks very much for listening I'm off to play some Madden we'll see you again in a couple of weeks
1: here's to 50 more episodes